0: chapter 9 of the ladder of rickety rungs this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by caro the ladder of rickety rungs by t c o'donnell chapter 9 the home of the leap year things to make it hard for the night things to find their way out of the grottoes and for prying Nod people to find their way in, the entrance was changed every day. Yesterday it might be down by the hollow willow tree that hung low over the sea of Glar, and to-morrow again it might be under the wild rose right up close to the path that comes down to the cove. Today it was under the third lily-pad just to the right of the big stone that you like to wade out to and hang your feet from for the goldfish to nibble at. The leader of the swans, whose name was Signia, lifted the lily-pad, and there Wondell saw a deep hole into the ground and a ladder for climbing down. They reached the bottom, and Signia whispered to Wondell, Just follow this path to the roots of the oak tree, then turn to the left, and you'll see. Wondell led the way. It was dark, but the cave was narrow and therefore easy for feeling your way. Soon things brushed across Wandell's face which felt like the webs that spiders spin, and Wandell knew that it was the roots of the oak tree, and he turned, for Signia had told him to turn. And now a thing happened that shows how you must remember things. I suppose Wandell knows which is his right hand and which is his left as well as any boy or girl I know. He probably could stand on his head and tell you, or will round two times and a half and still tell you right off which was his right hand. But in his excitement he was careless and did not notice whether Signia said he should turn to the right or to the left. Anyhow, he turned to the right, and they walked a long way until they came to a big grove with brilliant lights hung in the trees like stars. There was much fun and laughing there for fairy-like creatures—I suppose hundreds of them—were dancing under the trees and playing tag with the shadows. Wandel came up to one of the weavers and said, "'Is this the grotto of where the night-things go?' "'Oh, dear, no,' she replied. "'We are only days here, and there are three hundred and sixty-five of us. If you want to know, we are the leap-year days.' Then Blick, who had missed nothing at all, observed, "'You are not awfully big, are you?' "'No,' said the young lady, who really was a dainty miss no larger than Snorra. "'I am February twenty-ninth, so I shouldn't be as large as some of the days. "'Take June twenty-first. "'I'm not as big as June twenty-first, you see, dancing there under the hazel-tree. "'She is the biggest of all the days. "'She is as large, I think, as this young man here.' by whom she meant Wondell, who, I may as well tell you, always felt vain when people called him young man. In a way, Wandel wanted to stay for a time with the leap-year days, but, as he said to Snuggle, who was beside him, you see a lot more days than you do nights, thanks to Blink, who never misses a night putting you to sleep. So they followed back the way they came, after February 29th had planted a kiss on the cheek of each of the children, which made eighteen kisses in all. Good luck was not with Wondell that day, for, if they had turned the wrong way at the oak tree before, they did not turn at all when they went back, but went right on past the tree, and probably travelled far enough down the dark, narrow way to go from the land of Nod to the land of dreams if they had been on top of the ground instead of underneath. If it's much further, said Wondell, it will be evening, and all the night and the night things will be gone. Well, said Dora, they would have to come this way, and we'd see them when they passed us, which would be something. Now Dora usually says very wise things, but he said a foolish one this time, for, as Sue remarked, it was that dark, they couldn't see day if it came through the path, let alone night, and besides, as they presently discovered, they had reached a grotto that the night-things would not pass through at all—the grotto of mended days. In the grotto of mended days were any number of little men—I suppose a hundred of them—sitting at small tables before candles that flickered before the casual winds that floated through the room in puffs, and bent low over needles that gleamed as they plied to and fro. "'Is this the grotto of where the night-things go?' "'Wandel asked of a man who worked twice as fast as the others, and who never looked up "'as he replied, "'No, but it is the grotto where the days that get spoiled are made over "'as good as new.' "'And now the little man looked up for the first time, and he looked straight into the "'eyes of the children gathered about. "'See this ugly tear in the day I'm working on? "'That was caused by a little boy who teased his little sister until she cried.' And this soiled spot is where a little girl pouted because her mamma wouldn't let her have candy all day long. Friday gives us most trouble of all the days. It is hard to get men who know how to mend the Fridays, too. Somehow they come back to us in a bad way, so that there are only a few of our little men who are skillful enough to mend them. More than once we have had to send a Friday that was not all mended, and then things would happen. But where was it you were going, little man? To the grotto of where the night things go, said Wandell. Can you tell us the way? Just go back the way you came, the old man replied, and when you come to the roots of the oak tree, turn to the left, and presently you will come to the grotto. And they all said good-bye to the kindly old man, and went back the way they had come. End of chapter 9